like I found out that there was a DM from this um, this woman that I suspected things from before. And when I say woman, I mean like 40-some-year-old neighbor woman. What? Um, yeah. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Girl, We Gotta Talk. Today, I'm joined by a really fun and exciting guest who, um, honestly, we tried to do this multiple times. I'm so excited it's finally happening. Sophia, hello. Hi. We are on Zoom tonight, so it's not like um, we had planned originally, but you know, it's gonna do. We got our drinks. It's gonna be a good time. Are you excited? Right in hand. Virtual Zoom, drinking, kind of happy hour, girl talk. It's all fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, I just want to like introduce you a little bit. So like, tell us who you are and where you're living, what you're doing for work, all that fun stuff. Okay, so I went to Long... My name is... Oh, first I'll start with my name. <laughs> my name is Sophia DeFeo. Um, I graduated from Longwood University with Elena. We were both were in comm together. Hashtag Grushcom. Um... I am now doing pharmaceutical sales and um, I sell diabetes drugs, which is super exciting. <laughs> kind of not really, but it is. I love my job and um, I'm in Winchester, Virginia. So in the Shenandoah mountain area. And you have the coolest looking apartment from what I can tell. Do you yeah. love living in it or how is that? It's really cool. It's like a two-story loft and super industrial. It looks like it should belong in like DC or New York or like somewhere like that. And it has these cool metal beams everywhere and it's, it's really cool. I know I was, we were hoping to do this there. I know, <laughs> but eventually we'll have everyone and have a girl's night and you know, wine there. I would love, I've been waiting to have people. So but oh, it's I'm awesome. there. I'm there. How did you get into pharmaceutical sales? So, um, one of my teammates in college, I played field hockey at Longwood and, um, one of my teammates, her mom after a game came up to me and was like, you are too social to be at a desk job one day. And I was like, oh, okay, like, thanks. And she was like, I do pharmaceutical sales. I really think you should get into it. Um, my daughter told me, well, her name's Lauren, told me that you are doing the public health minor at Longwood. So, you know, with you being a comm major and doing public health, it really goes together. I think you should consider it. And then at the time I was like, I have no medical background, so I didn't think I could do it. And then, um, I don't know, the more I looked into it, it just seemed a lot of fun. And I'm not someone who can sit at a desk all day. Um, thank God I played sports in college because I probably would not have made it through college just sitting all day long. But, um, yeah, and then she, I she got me in contact with people, and I applied to a bunch of different jobs, and just kind of worked out. Yeah, I totally like relate to that because right now, well, it's a little bit different since I'm working from home, but I I always told myself that I didn't want to get a desk job. I didn't want to just sit a nine to five all day and like that be my life. So I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I'm still talking to people, but I totally get, like, the social part of that. That's so cool that you got into that. And, like, she yeah. said that to you. Like, what a compliment, too. Yeah. I, I think I think the thing is, is, like, we're all kind of navigating this post-grad life. So, kind of how, you know, this is a stepping stone for, like, anything that we really want to get into. You know, like, your first job, it's not where you're pigeonholed to. So, like, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, something down the line comes up and 
public relations. And I'm like, oh my gosh, awesome. But as of right now, I totally see myself staying in this. It's a lot, lot of fun. It's cool being social. And, um, but yeah. So I guess like, how is life living on your, well, do you have a, you have a roommate, right? No, I live by myself. Oh, okay. So how is, yeah. How is living on your own now? It was a huge adjustment at first because again, very social. Um, I don't think I was ever truly by myself when I first moved in. Like I was constantly FaceTiming people, calling people, any, any form of human interaction I could have, I would. Um, just because I moved to a place where I know no one. And um, Winchester is kind of like a town where it's not really for your 20s. It's more like 30s, 40s, and you have kids. And yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great place to live. Like I would, you know, if I had a family, would love to raise my kids there. But it's really hard being 20-something in yeah. Winchester. So um, it was definitely an adjustment. And honestly, I think I moved there in November I think at the beginning of March, right before quarantine is when I finally was like, it's kind of nice living alone. But it was a really, really hard time when I first moved in because um, when I started in November, I started my job. I broke up with my boyfriend of four years all at once. And, um, you know, I just didn't have any really friends in the area. And I mean, pharmaceutical sales isn't like a job where... um, you're working with like a lot of people, right? Yeah. I work by myself like all day. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, except when I have interaction with like doctors or staff, but besides that, like, I don't, it's not like I have friends at work that I can talk to. So right. I was really, really alone. And also the time of year, like winter is just miserable anyway. Like I'm more of a summer person and being in the mountains and cold and just dreary, like, you know, like the gray outside, it was a really, really hard, um, transition living alone yeah that's like such an adjustment all of that like at once so so you were with your ex for four years and then what happened was it because you were like moving to a new place or like what kind of like sparked that so um it kind of started when I first accepted the job and at first he was kind of, um, cause we, I was really looking for jobs in the Richmond Charlottesville area just because I love Richmond. Um, being from Maryland, I think, you know, it's just like a different place. Richmond's, I feel like it's a small town, but it's in a city. So there's a lot of stuff to do, but yet yeah, everything's really together. And so, and everyone from Longwood basically moves to Richmond. And it was just so nice to have that comfort there. And um, Richmond is where my ex is from. So it's kind of like a home away from home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents were awesome growing up in college, not growing up in college, but during college, you know, help, like I would, I would go there maybe once a week or every other week for a home cooked meal and being out of state, um, just having that kind of family that I didn't have close by was awesome. But um, I kind of started when the job was originally supposed to be in Charlottesville. And then I got a call that they moved me to Winchester. And so okay, things started to not go as planned. And um, I was totally okay with it because, you know, being post-grad, just having a a job right away is just exciting. Mm -hmm. And you go to where the job is, you know, if if you can, like if you can, um, if you can afford to not afford to do it, but you know, like it's pretty reasonable, you know, like you, you can do it. And, and um, at the time, we were wanting to live together because we were together for four years. So, um, but then I started having second thoughts about moving in together because a lot of stuff was just coming up. Um, 
like I found out that there was a DM from this um, this woman that I suspected things from before. And when I say woman, I mean like 40 some year old neighbor woman. What? Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I think a lot of stuff that happened over the course of time in college with um, texting other girls and, and then DMs of other girls, you know, like I, at that time I felt really secure in our relationship, but then mm-hmm. like this DM weird situation happened and like, July, August, and I accepted my job maybe end of September. So, you know, like for me, I was thinking in my head, I need someone who is a hundred percent like fully committed, cannot be, you know, shady. We're living together. And also, um, he also is kind of trying to figure out his life too, because he dropped out of school our sophomore year of college. And so has since been doing, um, landscaping, which is a good, it's a, it's a good job, Yeah. but you know, he also wasn't wanting to stay in it for forever. So I think it was a lot of dependent on me and that was a lot of pressure for me to do too. And, um, I kind of took a step back and I just, for whatever reason, had this really weird gut feeling like, don't do it. Okay, before I begin with all of this, he is a really great human. You know, obviously he wouldn't have been if I didn't date him for four years. But I think the problem is, is we also are young. Like to be in such a serious relationship for four years that, you know, I I met him when I was 17 and then went on till, till, like I said, 22. You know, we were together for that long. And um, I think it's a lot of pressure and a lot of things to consider, but I just felt very like he was relying on me, and, yeah. and I was the one that was trying to figure everything out, but then when things weren't going according to, like, his way, or his plan, or quote-unquote, like, not vision, but what he saw for us, and not what I saw differently, things just didn't match up, and, and then I realized eventually that, you know, we don't really have the same values, we don't really have the same, like, morals, or um, kind of the ideal, ideal situation of where things are going from here. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, for sure, I'm trying to put it into the best words I can. Yeah. It seems like you still have like a lot of respect for him. And like, you still, I feel like care about like, you know, your relate, your relationship with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously like things just didn't, you know, go as planned, which is fine. Like that's life. Right. And I, yeah. And I think what also kind of really not like sparked it, but definitely when, so I had really intense training for work and that was the entire month of October. So I signed my contract for work end of September and then October, um, was training the entire month and not one time, like I had to take all these tests and certifications and and then I had to go to headquarters a few times to do stuff. And not one time did he seem interested or he cared or he oh. did not like encourage me at all. You know, like it was just very kind of like dry. Yeah. Yeah. Could care less. Yeah. And that's not what you want, especially when you're like adjusting to this and like you don't really know what you're doing. And like you probably are like, I don't want to say scared, but like it's all new to you. So like encouragement and all of that is like what you needed. Right. And it was scary for sure. But then I think what really 
was telling was when it when he would take it onto himself like he would he would turn everything that flip I was either, yeah flip it and go it into um all about him yeah and then like how I wasn't there for him or like how I wasn't respecting our relationship because I wasn't making time or you know and yeah. and I was studying for like eight to ten hour days every day and I didn't even have time for myself like my birthday was in is in October and I had to take a test that day. Like, you know, like I didn't even celebrate with my family. How we met is probably one of like my favorite things. Like it's kind of like not out of a movie, but it's kind of like, I don't, it's, it's really kind of not unique, but to me it's, it's really cool. Um, so for field hockey, we move in two weeks earlier just cause we have preseason. And so freshman year, um, fall 2015 August um we were in Virginia Beach for two weeks for preseason because we were getting a new field so then the first day of the new Lancer days so you know our basic orientation mm -hmm. um the first day I was on campus was August 22nd and um not even 15 minutes on campus we met each other and wow, what? Yeah. So we literally, I just got off the bus. Like we had a full on, like those coach buses. Um, we had to basically go into our dorm quickly, change. Like couldn't even shower. Like we just got off the bus straight from Virginia Beach. Um, I remember freaking out about that because I'm not a girl to really like worry about hair or makeup. But, you know, I was like, okay, like, it's basically what's the what's the term like smorgasbord there's a smorgasbord of like all these guys yep. or all these people that I'm going to be meeting and it's how I'm going to be around these people for the next four years so um oh my gosh I remember I wore like a like a blue kind of crop top shirt and like white jean shorts and Granted, I also had two black eyes and a broken nose because that week I got hit in the face with field hockey ball and um my oh my god <laughs> so I had like a busted up face um my black eyes were horrible I'll I'll, I'll have to text you a picture after this <laughs> and show it to you it's hilarious yeah so we were on campus and we were going to the dining hall and um I was at line and D hall and he was right in front of me in the sandwich line and I I clear as day I remember this I turned to my my teammates and I was like okay this guy's really cute and uh, they were like, are you going to say anything? I was like, no. And then I did something really stupid. Like, I, I can't remember what I did. Like, I think I dropped the, at the time, it was like a play or a tree or something. And I mm -hmm. dropped it. And then he, like, helped me pick it up. It was, like, very, you know, storybook, whatever. What a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, nothing was said really much after that. But then I think I was trying to get his attention and was thought it was the coolest thing ever that I played field hockey at Longwood. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like my, my field hockey practice, blah, blah. I said something and he turns around and we start talking about that. Cause he asked if I was on the field hockey team. He asked how, um, I broke my nose. Cause it was pretty obvious that my nose was broken. And, um, he asked if like I was okay or whatever. So he follows me. And he goes, I just want to let you know that you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. And oh, my God. I, and I didn't even know how to respond to that because I was just kind of like, 
yeah, what do you say? What did you Yeah, and I was just like, oh, ha ha, hi. <laughs> like I was and then I was thinking to myself too like I am ugly. Like I have two black eyes, I have a broken nose, my face is busted. Like but Yeah. And then um he asked if for my number and so I gave him my number and he started following me after I got my sandwich and we like went and my teammates already got a table and I went to go sit down and he tried sitting down. I was like, uh no. Like, this is, like, my friend. Like, how bold. He already just, like, walks right up to you. Like, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Like, tries to sit with you. Like, bold. Bold moves. Yeah, I know. And then um, I actually have another picture of – so it was, like, we took a selfie, like, a um, of a – there was the seven of us freshmen on the team, and he was in the background of it. And I oh saw that, God. like, two years ago. And it's just so funny to me that, like, all these things kept happening. Yeah. And then um, later that evening, I think there was, like, a – party going on somewhere or something and he asked if I was going and we had a scrimmage the next morning and I said no I have to unpack still um and he asked if he could help me unpack I I have the screenshots of it still because I sent it to my friends from home and yeah you're um, like you're never gonna believe what's happening (laughs) yes I know and I was like uh no um I'm good thanks he's like by the way like what I said earlier I meant it like you really are beautiful and I was like thanks have a good night you're like whatever I'm the field hockey team like I don't have time for this <laughs> yeah no I thought I was cool like I was like oh I'm gonna get with the athletes like you yeah know, and then quite the opposite and then basically um we just kept running into each other and then I think two weeks after we first met we started hanging out doing homework together and then um we basically he was like my not like my best friend there, but it started out as like a friendship. And then, um, which if you were to ask him, he'd say differently, but I thought we were friends. And then, um, I started kind of talking to this guy on the soccer team and basically got to a point where I was like, who makes me happier. And for whatever reason, I could just never stop wanting to be around him. So, um, and then we started dating November 22nd. So like, it was like exactly, Wow. Like three, four months. Yeah. Exactly after. And, and, but the thing is, okay, so I do have to give it to him. He was really persistent. So I, I ignored him for a couple of weeks because he tried to get a little handsy with me. And, um, when I thought we were still on the friend stage, also I'm very oblivious sometimes. Like I just don't yeah. think of things like that. And so I was like, Whoa, like did not know we were at that. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause I was, trying, I was trying to play the field, trying to play my options. You just wasn't got ready. to college, like yeah, you're an athlete. You're just trying to like, see what, you know, I thought my, my, my SHIT didn't stink. You know, I thought I was the, I thought I was it. Yeah. And so, um, I ignored him for a couple of weeks and then he had a class at 12. I had a class at 11. And so I would be walking back to the dorms and he'd be walking to classes. And then I eventually, that was his way of communicating with me when I wasn't replying to his text. Hmm. And so then I switched up the walking. So I walked, um, instead of walking behind D hall, I walked in front of D hall back to the dorms and he noticed that. And one day he was like, what is your problem? And I was like, I just don't know if this is going to work. You know, I thought we were friends and he was like, what don't you understand? Like, I want to go out with you. And I was like, oh. He's like, okay. hello. Yeah. What is this and game you're playing with me? Yeah. So then eventually um, my response to that was, which I, I do 
crack myself up about this still is I can't date you until field hockey season's done, or I can't go on date with you until field hockey season's over. I have too much on my plate. Mm. Or I said something like that. Yeah. And yes. so he was persistent. So we lost the tournament um, Halloween weekend, my freshman year. And that Monday he was outside of my dorm and ready to go to McAdoo's and we went to McAdoo's. Yeah. Wow. It does kind of sound like a movie in the sense of like, this guy, it just like can't get you out of his head. He's like always there trying to get your attention, like ready when you are. Yeah. So interesting. Like what a bold guy. Yes. Which he's the, like the shyest person I know too. So. Oh really? Which you would never know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So was he like still, okay, well, I guess you just kind of said like he was shy. So like, how was he with like your relationship throughout? Like, was he still like bold or was he just like kind of a quiet, shy guy? Um, so I think a lot changed when he dropped out of school. You know, I think with a lot of guys, like they have confidence, whether it's so say like whether you're, and I could be totally wrong. I'm not a guy, so I don't know, but, um, you know, we definitely have like a pride, it's a pride thing. Right. And like at the time when he was at school, like some, the fraternities wanted him to rush and he didn't want to do that. And, um, which I think that would have honestly kept him to stay at school. Um, that's just me, but also I think, you know, like, if, if say, just a guy in general, like, if, you know, if you want to be an electrician, and you're going through those, like, really hard five years of school, like, you take pride in being an electrician, or going through HVAC, you know, like, that's his thing, and I think that um, when he didn't have that anymore, and didn't know really kind of where to go, um, I think that's when a lot of that changed, because he was super social, like, our freshman and sophomore year, and you know, that's, I think I'm a very social person. And I think for him, he was more social when it was time to be social. Um, but then a lot of that changed. I think a lot of it had to do with probably insecurities and confidence. And, um, eventually that kind of not took part onto our relationship, but it, at first it didn't cause he still was in the college mindset. But then now that he was in like the work workforce, you know, yeah. um, I think it started to change. Yeah. So how was your relationship, like, once he dropped out of college and he was, like, I guess back in Richmond, how mm-hmm. was the relationship then? Because then you're, like, essentially you're, like, doing distance, right? I mean, it's not too far, but it, it's it's not at school anymore. Right. And I think that was a lot, too. Um, I think, so for me, that was my first real I mean, like, I had, like, a high school boyfriend of, like, six months, you know? So, like, right. it was something very, you know, just high school relationship. And, um, I think the same for him. Like I was his first girlfriend too. And I remember, um, when he told me, he called me crying and was saying that he was dropping out and that, um, he was worried about him and I, and I was like, look, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. Like, it's really not that far. Like, it's not that bad. Um, you know, if, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's something important, I'm kind of someone who fully believes that if someone, wants to make an effort for you, they will do that. Like if it is important to them, if it is important to them, they will do it. And so, you know, I was like kind of not leaving it up to him, but I was like, look, we're, if we're going to make this work, we're going to make this work. You know, my schedule, this doesn't change. Um, I have school during the day. I practice at night and then on the weekends I have games. So if there's a way that we can figure that out to make it work. Awesome. If not, you know, no hard feelings, but 
I definitely would like to make it try, make an effort to try. And um, he was great in that sense where he would come to me almost every single weekend. So that's kind of how we made it work is yeah. during the week. And honestly, like you're, when you're in college, you're busy anyway during the week. So it's kind of like, it kind of you know, works because like the weekends you go out and then he's there for that. And then you go back to school and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. But I yeah. think it, it started to go downhill once um, people started noticing that he wasn't at school anymore. And I think for him, it became an insecurity. Yeah. And um, socially, he didn't want to go out there anymore because he would say things too, like, I'm not in college anymore. Like, why, why are you making me go here? Yeah. And then, I mean, like, and I get that. It probably just feels like so weird and like, you don't want to be around people and maybe like explain what, you know, (laughs) I know I'm like trying not to say. She took a sip and then she like a little bit dripped out, but it's good. Um, I love it. But drinking claws. (laughs) Um, yeah, but like I get it and and probably like another thing is like maybe if someone saw him, they would probably be like, yo, dude, like where have you been? And then he has to kind of explain it and like not like relive it like it was like a trauma, but like he doesn't want to think about like I'm not here anymore and you know. So I yeah. get that. It makes sense. And I and I think that's and you know, like college isn't for everyone, you know, like it's it's not and it's not something that he should have felt ashamed about, but I no, totally no. can understand the insecurity of the feeling because, you know, it's like when things don't work out, um, it's kind of like the same feeling I had, like when I was graduating and I didn't have a job yet and people were like, you don't have a job. Yeah. Oh my well, God. Yeah. You know, like it's things like that. You, It's an ins- insecurity. So mm-hmm. um, I think that took a lot of part too. And I think also not helping either, which it shouldn't be and insecurity, but a lot of my friends who were guys went to the all boys college down the road from us, Hampton, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was another thing too, is that my friends were dating some of those guys and it was a really big insecurity for them. Like they all respected that I was in a relationship and never ever did. And everyone knew that I was dating him. And right. I think, but still it's an insecurity, you know, like your girlfriend's at a going to an all-guys school and um his go-to thing would be like why do you need to go there yeah. you know it's an all-guys school when you have a boyfriend yeah so um once you dropped out and you were doing the distance thing things were like for the most part pretty good yeah it was pretty say. good okay it yeah. was pretty good but I eventually found out that there was communication with other girls on texting mm. and Instagram dms and so yeah. how did you how did you approach that? So what happened with that? So I actually was contacted by one of my friends at Longwood who said that he um said something to one of the sorority sisters. Um and I didn't believe him or not I didn't believe her because he just left my house. Like literally just left my house when this happened. Was this when this he was, was the first time? Was this when he was not at Longwood anymore? Um this was when or was he, he still this was like freshman year. Okay. Okay. And so, um, I was just like, I screenshot the text, sent it to him. And I was like, is this true? And he was like, no, I I asked her a question. It was something in regards to school. So it was her freshman year fall semester. Silly me like staying with him for. Oh, so like, that's like right out the gate, really. Right. And well, and that was, yeah, that was like December of our freshman year. And so I think for me, I also 
not saying I was insecure for sure. I was always in high school. My dad was the boys lacrosse coach. So I was always, you know, looked at as yeah untouchable, like could not date. I was friends with all the guys. And then his best friend was the football coach. So I think that was an insecurity for me. Like I was like, okay, this guy just went through all this effort to want to date me and be with me. Yeah. And And now you're finally at school and like, you're finally on your own where you can like be a, not a new person, but now you have your independence and you're like, no one, you know. Right. And so then I was kind of like, why, why would he want to talk? My thing was, I didn't believe it because this was the first, you know, like it was almost like puppy love. Like it was like a very, like, I hate using the word obsessive, but we were obsessed with each other. So I didn't believe that he could do that. Right. Right. And he literally just left my house too. Like when I got this text, so I didn't believe it. And then another thing happened, like, I think a year or so later, it actually happened like right on our one year. Um, same kind of thing. Um, his phone kept blowing up. I remember, and we were going to go out to dinner and, um, I think he just took a nap, like at my apartment and his phone was blowing up and I thought it was his mom because it was like a nonstop like calling. And so oh, okay. I woke him up and I was like giving him his phone. Cause I'm not one to go through phones. Like, that's just me. Like, I mean, Hey, if I would have, this whole mess probably would have been avoided a long time ago, <laughs> but, um, yeah, not, I'm not encouraging it, but, yeah. um, and then it was all these messages from these girls. And so he told me that, um, it was more of a, he didn't well, know what did you he, see? Did you see like a girl's name calling him or it was did you not text. look? And then you kind of saw it when he picked up the phone. Like, how yeah, did... I, it was kind of both. So like he unlocked his phone and then it, I was like sitting there, like it was my bed. So like I was sitting in my bed and he was next to me and he kind of looked a little sketchy and mm. tilted the phone away. And I was like, why are you acting weird? And, um, yeah. And then I saw all these texts that said things like, like, what are you doing later? Like, where, like, where are you now? Like stuff like that. And so, I mean, again, should have broken up with him right then and there. Yeah. But then obviously I was like, give me your phone. And so I started going through the text and some dated back to when I was on away trips in the in the fall, like on our field hockey away trips. And it was things like, Oh, like I'm free this weekend. What are you doing? And those were the weekends where I was gone. Not there. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. But then eventually, you know, um, I think just the insecurity of myself and like not having my own self-worth, you know, I didn't walk away then. And then like I said before, it was kind of like the obsessiveness. Like I was still like in that obsessive, like, mindset of we're so in love and yeah I, and then honestly he he kind of not turned it on me but this is kind of like I guess the whole manipulation like gaslighting thing of well you didn't give me this attention because you would feel like season so I had to go find it somewhere else mm. and that's kind of like so then I felt like oh my gosh like it is me and like I'm gonna work on this yeah you're like telling yourself the reason that he's doing this is your fault yes yeah. And then eventually, um, you know, it, it didn't happen again, I think, until like a year later, his friend, one of his best friends from home, who I was became close with, texted me and was like, that he messaged her and um, basically was 
like DMing her. And then when I called him about it, cause I couldn't like keep it in. I called him immediately after that conversation. And he told me, you know why he's telling you this, right? And I was like, no, he's like, he wants to get with you. He's told me this so many times. He wants to hook up with you. That's all he wants to do. Like, don't, don't believe him. And he was like, unfollow him from social media, like block him and whatever. And I Whoa. did. I did. Yeah, yeah. And you buy into it. Yeah. I bought into it. And like, you're like, now I'm being crazy. Cause I'm listening to people that aren't my boyfriend. And why would I not trust my boyfriend after all yeah. these years and blah, blah, blah. Like, like he would you never get in your own me. head about it. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like, we did have, and it's so weird to say, but like we did have a great relationship. Like, looking back, it was definitely, like, a best friendship that, like, just romantically loved each other, like, you know, I still care about him today, if we could be friends right now, I would be, but I can't be friends with him, because he just was not who I first met. Do you think that if you were maybe still talking to him, or, like, trying to be, like, friendly or friends with him at all, that he would still be manipulative? Absolutely. And then more things just start coming up and, and just more like, um, it almost, it, tables had turned after that. Like it was almost like he was becoming more dependent on me and I wasn't as dependent on him. And I think he started to realize then he started playing a lot of catch up in a way. So like my emotional sadness from him his friend telling me that and then of course I was to bring up past incidents like where the dms or the text happened or and all that kind of stuff he would then try and play catch up where he was the best boyfriend ever for like a few months yeah and then it would go back into like a not a cycle of that I knew of of him messaging girls or texting girls but like just seemed kind of not distant but it was just like the same routine we were back to what it was it well I have a question though so like when you say he was catching up and like being the sweet like boyfriend that like you know d- like in the moment did you know that that's what he was doing or were you absolutely kind of, like, not no way like, yeah were you just like oh my god wait he is so sweet oh he would bring me flowers he came with dinner cooked he would um we would go he had a lake house we would go do like lake house weekends and um we would go to like the, his grandparents have a place on the river. We would go and do all these fun vacation kind of things. And yeah. So um, you basically forgot about like all of that has like left your brain and you're just like, okay, we're like good again. Like I shouldn't worry about that. We're like solid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Great. My problem is, is I'm a very positive, upbeat person that when things make me sad, I push a lot to the back of my brain. Yep. I'm the same And I forget about it. Exactly. Yeah. I forget about it. And I think a lot of people do that, you know, like I don't deal with it. I just put it in the back of my brain, you know, like, oh, that was just a dumb mistake of him. Like he didn't care. Like he didn't actually yeah. mean that. And that's what he would say too. I didn't actually mean those things. You know, I love you. Those you know? words just like fuel me. Like that yeah, just makes me no. so angry. And that's, but I believed it because yeah. life was good. I mean, like I, I loved our relationship. People would tell us all the time, like you guys seem like you're the perfect relationship. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we eventually got like a dog together and all that. I mean, it was, it was good. Like life was really good. He was eventually super supportive of a lot of stuff. And um, my senior year was awesome. Like I had a lot of good things going with field hockey and school and um, he was supportive a hundred percent of that. And you said uh, eventually. So like, was he not like originally with all of that, like during school and stuff? 
Yeah. So a lot of that was like on weekends, he'd be like, okay, you know, we never get to see each other really during the week or you were with your friends all the time during the week. Like this is time for you and I, and like, I get that. Like, yeah, I get like once in a while, you know, like a, um, like a, a night in, mm-hmm. but you're in college. And I felt like a lot of my weekends were spent in my room. Yeah. I, because he would then make me feel bad. Like I drove from Richmond to come see you and all you want to do is go out with your friends. And I would be like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. I told you, you know, like we're doing this this weekend and you're more than welcome to come. Otherwise, like this is what's happening. And yeah. You know, and then there he is again, flipping it back on you to make you feel like you're in, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So what would suck is I would pregame with my friends and then they'd all go out and then I would just be in my room watching the office every weekend or shows mm. that he wanted to watch because he came to me so like if right. I was he made the trip so I had to do everything that he wanted to do yeah, yeah. two really important things were one is he did not like my family oh, and what? yeah he did not like my family um he told me that they were trying to take me away from him and that, um, you know, that's was a big reason of why we, quote unquote, if we ever had issues in our relationship, that was why it was because of my family. And um, another thing was um, on my senior night for field hockey, I took pictures with my guy friends who were my friend's boyfriends and we've been friends all through college. They're like my brothers. And um him and I didn't get a picture together because we just wrapped up in the, mo- you know, just so in the moment yeah. or whatever. And that was another thing too, is I, I didn't even remember. And I w- was upset that we didn't get a picture together, you know, cause that's some memories that I wanted to have. Yeah. Um, and he was like, clearly, you know, all you care about are the other guys because we didn't even get a picture together tonight. Well, back to your like family, I had no idea that like, did they like him or like, when did, I guess when they met, did he just like right out the gate to like, I don't really like your family, to be honest. Or was that kind of? Well, okay. So yes and no. So my family is very, I would like to, my family is a dynamic family. Um, My older sister has cerebral palsy. And um, so she's severe disabilities. Um, She's nonverbal. And um, she's the cognitive ability of like a four to five-year-old. Then there's me. And then my 17-year-old sister, um, and then my eight-year-old brother. So we are very spread out. Um, my family is not the, the quote-unquote typical family. Um, a lot of different, you know, personalities, people. And, I mean, it's like a typical bigger family, but my yeah. family just, you know, like, um, we're not all adults right now. And so, like, it's not all on the same page. Like, I, I have to help out with my family a lot and that wasn't something that he really understood was because it was just him and his brother so um and they're both adults and so he didn't understand when I was like oh well I can't do this right now because I have to help with my brother or I have to help with my older sister or you know like I my family is a very involved family too yeah sometimes almost too involved (laughs) so um which that was yes I agree that was an issue in our relationship but like it wasn't involved in our relationship it was more involved in my life just because my family is tight-knit and his family is close but I don't think they're as close as my family and so that was an issue for him 
Okay. Like, so how did that affect you though? Because if I feel like if you are a tight knit family and you're so close, like knowing that your boyfriend doesn't really like get along or like them, I feel like that puts a strain on you and your relationship. It did. Yeah. And I was constantly like defending him for everything and um, constantly defending them too. So like, I was kind of felt like always a middleman. Yeah. And I felt like eventually he did say to me one time, like you have to choose between me and them. Whoa, no. Yeah. Where's the red flag? Where's the I red know, flag? That was a major red flag. But, yeah. Um, wow. And another red flag was, and I think this is when my, my parents started to see something was I posted a, a picture of me on the beach in my bathing suit and he freaked out and told me that I was just wanting guys attention and all this stuff. Like meanwhile, my mom took the picture, you know, like it wasn't yeah. anything, um, scandalous or whatever and then I think what really upset them was like I was sobbing on the beach like right after I posted it and my parents were there and heard him like yelling at me on the phone so eventually I think it became like a mutual it was just like awkward like tippy toes around each other and yeah everyone's on edge like yeah and I think what really sucked too was after us breaking up um my parents told me that when they would come down for games they felt like um they were intruding on like him. Like he, he clearly like it's his space, like you're his like territory almost. Yes. And like, it was almost like not awkward, but like he could tell that he, they could tell that he didn't want them there. And like, like let's speed this along kind of thing. That's terrible. Yeah. Because of the memories that I have with my family too, you know? So it's kind of like, I just remember always being kind of like, in the middle your, really your vibe. yeah yeah well so then eventually so I guess jumping back to like what we were first saying like then you fast forward to like you graduating you moving in on your own um what was kind of like the last straw so um it actually so when I found my apartment which is which we said, like, it's awesome. Like my apartment is so cool. Um, I found it online and I was like, I love it. I'm in love with it. I want to sign the lease. Like, this is it. You know, this is awesome. I felt as soon as I opened the door, I was like, this is it. I don't care. Like, I don't care that it's $200 more than I wanted to spend. You know, like I don't care. And, And so, but for him, he was, why could we do that when we could live in the country in a house? with ex like you know like all this stuff and I was like well it's a two-bedroom apartment like more than enough room like it's great for like his dog but I I was like you know this is just where I want to be I think this is a good start um I don't know why we need to have a house um you know we're 21 years old like why do I need a house you know I can live in an apartment and not have to worry about this and I will both be working long days like to come home to an apartment and not have to worry about um lawn care and x y and z and all this stuff so um that's kind of when it started is I signed the lease without I guess running it by him and he said that it's not a one person decision this was a two-person decision I went behind his back and I said that actually like we're moving here because of my job and this is where I feel safe and I feel comfortable and this is where I want to be and you can join me or not but if that's the case and if you don't want to join then that's up to you. If all because of where we want to live. If you really want to live with me, it shouldn't matter where we live. 
it should just be like, okay, how do we do this next? And yes, I do agree. I could have ran some things by him, but it's also, we were moving here for stuff for like, otherwise we would not have been living together. You know, like we were moving for my job and he was okay with that. Um, And then I told him, I texted him. I was like, look, this is where I want to live. Like, I just feel good here. And honestly, I was having a gut feeling when all this was going on that like, this is, I don't think this is going to work. We were sitting at the top of Bear Den. Bear's oh, Den. Yeah, Bear's Den, yeah. And we were talking and he was like, look how pretty it is up here. Like, could you imagine having a house here? And I was like, yeah, but the thing is, is I don't see myself here forever. Like, I don't want to be in this area forever. This is a good really start, but I think right now, um, living, you know, we don't, why do we need a house? We could live yeah. in an apartment. This is just time to figure out stuff, see if we could live together, everything. And he, um, was very set on the house and that was basically a whole fight for like a week about a house or apartment house or apartment and um I had the training all that kind of stuff start so then I was eventually like you know I think that 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 was kind of pushed to the back of my mind like it wasn't as big of a deal to me as it was to him and I can understand where he was feeling with that but then eventually I was like you know what I have to move here in four weeks I need somewhere to live uh also Shenandoah University with the students there, there wasn't a lot of housing options left. And that was the best, that was the best one. And I mean, like, once you know, you know, quote unquote. So I I signed the lease and I was happy and I was so happy. And then when I told him I signed it, he told me that I was despicable, all these kind of things. And then blocked my number for like a couple hours. And I was seriously, because the last text he sent me was like, you won't hear from me again or something like that. And I was getting really concerned because I didn't hear from him. And he was saying all these things prior to that day, like very emotional, mentally kind of not abusive things, but. Stuff enough to like scare you. Yeah. I was yeah. really upset. I was worried about him. We just, he never acted like this in four years of us dating. It was really irrational. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's kind of when things started to turn. Well, it sounds like you finally after all of like the ups and downs and the red flags and all of that, like you, you signing the lease and you moving in to your apartment and like what you said to him about it is like finally you standing up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you said it earlier, I was like, oh my God, like she stood up for herself, you know, like I feel like that's so like big of you to like finally do what you wanted to do and what made you happy. Because I made a compromise too. I said like, maybe in six months, like give me six months to live here then. Since you're not okay with this apartment thing, let me live here for like six months, figure out my job. Because with the driving, I drive a lot with my territory. I'm up and down all over the place mm-hmm. and um, having to learn all that. And basically he said, we live together, we're done. And I said, then I, I guess we're done. Damn. And that's kind of how... Um, it all sparked and of course it was the very back and forth emotional for like a month or so like I can't live without you blah blah, blah. and then we're trying to make it work and the last straw was November 22nd which was our four-year anniversary um, I said if you really want to come up here and see me and make things work you would it's a Friday we have a whole weekend I'm finally settled into the apartment no one else is here. You know, like we can talk everything out, figure everything out. And I waited by myself, had food ready, everything. And by nine o'clock, I heard nothing from him. And um, 
I think like that was it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Wow. That breaks my heart for you though. It's okay. I mean, look, I'm much rather figure that out now, but there was a lot of good that came out of our relationship. Like I now know when it was really good, like how I want to feel loved or, you know, like things like that. But and I also know how I deserve to be treated. And I think that's a, a big thing that like, the biggest takeaway, honestly, is um, I allowed myself to be a, a punching bag for a long time um, with words or, you know, not following through with actions or always just saying I was sorry for things that I didn't even know I was sorry for. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning how to say like, no, or like, this isn't okay. And so there's a lot of things that I've learned through this process um, that have really helped me with that. And honestly, um, I'm going to drop a podcast, Girls Gotta Eat. Um, That helped a lot. There was an episode that that came out literally while all this was happening was Sorry You Feel That Way. And it just completely, like I broke down in my car, was sobbing, like had to pull over. Like it just resonated me with so much. Yeah. And then the weekend... I think it's the episode either before or after that was called breakup Boot Camp, And like those, like that just was in my head. Like, this is a sign I'm doing the right things for myself. Like I I'm, yeah. and it ha- talked a lot about that and tips and tricks. And I did a lot of not like research, but I, I started putting more self-care and time into myself with how to get through this. And the biggest thing that someone told me was it's a marathon, not a sprint on like how to, Cause I didn't think I was in like a quote unquote emotionally or mentally abusive relationship until I stepped away. And I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. This isn't. Well, okay. that's the kicker right there is like, you have no idea. And that's why I asked you earlier. I was like, did you know that he was like being sweet for those few months and playing catch up? Cause like, you mean when you're in a relationship like that, you have no idea that that's happening to you. And at least it, like in my experience, like you kind of are blinded by love or you're blinded by like what you want to see in them. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, they're like this, this day. And so it's okay if this happens right now, like whatever. But, um, it's a false reality. You make things up in your head. It's, like, it's totally, yeah. It's totally in your head for sure. And, and like I said, like, I'm no expert on this. Like it's a, it's a fantasy world. Like I, I was reading a, a lot about the gaslighting situation. Cause someone said that to me. Um, my mom's best friend, who is like my aunt to me, she's a therapist. And my mom, I think, told, like texted her and was like, you should call her. I think she's really upset. And yeah. so I broke down to her and I was like, Aunt Christy, like there's just so much going on. I don't even know how to, how to put words to this. And she was like, okay, well, why don't, and so I told her about our relationship and everything. She was like, have you ever heard of the term gaslighting? And I was like, no, I really haven't. And I thought gaslighting was something that, you know, that you hear in movies where it's, or like, where it's a very, like a lifetime movie, you know, where it's like the very (laughs) aggressive, like crazies. I didn't think it was minor things. And, um, I saw this online from a doctor that spoke, it was like Dr. Berger. He's a psychologist out in California. And, um, then my aunt, she's out in California and she referred me to like reading about his stuff. And it was saying that makes you feel insecure by breaking you down. So he would say things to me like that would be really hard to hear Mm -hmm. and then would build me back up be like, but I love you because like, even though you do this and that to really upset me or hurt me, or, you know, you can be a really B I T C H at times and then throw all these negative things about myself, but he'd be like, but I'm the only person that can deal with you. 
Yeah. Wow. Or like another would be like the alienate myself from others. So like he would, he, he would make me believe that I, he didn't like my friends, certain friends. And then I eventually started to not like them. Yeah. Like I started to be like, gosh, everything that she does is so irritating because he didn't like He would feed that to you. Yes. Wow. Or like him eventually, like I was dependent on him at the beginning of the relationship a lot, like emotionally. And then he became dependent on me and would throw things to me. Like you are all I have. I don't have anyone else. Like you are all I have. Mm -hmm. And like, it was stuff like that. And so um, I think eventually one day I just hit, like when he said that, like we live together, we're done. I think that was my, my point. And when I signed the lease, like you said, I think the lease was like in my way, like me standing up for myself yeah, and not realizing. A hundred percent. And it's like the gut feeling too, like your gut, you just know. And if yeah. something's off, like you might want to like suppress that feeling. But like, if your gut's telling you something, like your gut's telling you something, you have to go with it. Right. And then I eventually found out too, like, um, he was damning more people than I realized over our relationship. And then he also, um, after we broke up, started message like DMing my friends and DMing my teammates. Whoa, what? This is like all afterwards? Yeah, this was like, yeah, afterwards. What, like they're not going to tell you? Yeah, I know. And I think like, I think that was maybe his way. Because so when we broke up, how I've been able to get over a lot of it is, and of course, like I still, after everything, I love him as a person. I will never like, you know, he was my first love. We dated for four years, you know, like I will always care about him. If something happened to him, I would be, you know, down there in a heartbeat, you know, if he was really, really, you know, hurt or upset, like I, I wouldn't wish any ill will towards him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he DM'd my teammates and my friends and, um, and do you think that he did that so that you would know? Yeah. yeah. I think he did it to get at me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I, so ways that I kind of, and I guess this is a good way of like transitioning into is ways I got over him or tried to, because like, okay, look, also we're in quarantine right now. I think that this process would be a lot easier if not, but being in quarantine and single and you're alone in your thoughts and it sucks. But, um, well, I have to say before like quarantine happened, like you were, I thought you were thriving. I was thriving. You were just like, and like all like, and I'm saying this like strictly through social media, but like it, I mean, it truly looked like you were just having the time of your life. You were like free. Oh, oh, that, but that's exactly it. Okay. So like, I could not even describe the feeling like to be able to say yes to everything I wanted to do and never say no, like no, I can't do this or no, I can't go out or no, I can't do that. And to turn it into a yes, like it was an amazing feel. Like I, I don't think I was ever not doing something. Yeah. I think every single weekend I was doing something. I went on girls trips. I went out every weekend. I was either with my family or friends. I was constantly doing something, constantly going everywhere. Um, I went on a bunch of dates just because I was, I doubt that's what helped me a lot too is I went on dates. I've downloaded Bumble and Hinge and (laughs) I, I just went on dates. 
Yeah, I mean, and it was fun, but yeah, I, I I was thriving, and then all of a sudden this quarantine happened, and a halt. <laughs> and so everything, yeah. So how has um, how are you doing now that like we're quarantined? You can't be going out all the time. You can't go on dates. Like, how has the quarantine affected all of this? Um. I think for me, I'm kind of someone that, um, like I deleted the dating apps during quarantine just because it was just a bunch of nonsense conversation for it to go nowhere. And also I'm a very in-person kind of person. Like I am horrible at texting. I'm not one to be communicated with over text. Like the best way to reach me would be phone call or FaceTime or something like that. And you know, these apps are just really hard for me because I feel like I'm just having the same conversation over and over again with someone. And it's also hard too, because I was dating someone for four years that knew every little thing about me and, you know, knew all my little quirks. And um, it's just like, I hate, I hate small talk. And so that's been really hard. So I just like the week two of quarantine, I was like, I can't have this anymore. (laughs) Like it was frustrating because, well, because I would, I would say not getting anywhere. No, yeah. it's, and then what, when, whatever we're going to get out of this, like, am I still going to have interest in you? Like, and some people I'm, I, I got annoyed with like day two. And that's, I think a lot of it too is, and how I know that I need to be by myself is I'm getting an, I like, I, I'm finding things about myself that I'm liking and enjoying now that I didn't realize before that when like a guy will say something to me, I'm like, like, I don't even know how yeah. to describe it. Like, I, I just get annoyed easily now, yeah. you know? It's just kind of like, and I just think that the next person I want to be with is someone, like I said, who will go all out for me. And these guys on the apps, I think, just think that they can just, a lot of them, not generalizing, but a lot of them think that they can just, it's easy. It's like a game. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I feel like they all have it down. They think they know what to say and they think they have it in the bag. And yeah, it's just like, there's not really much to it because it's like easy for them. Yeah. And so during all that too, it's just been hard, but like, it's also, this is a really good time in quarantine and it's kind of like the, everyone's saying it like good time to work on myself because it is like, for sure, for sure. Like what, what, what else can I do right now? You know? I mean, granted, like I could have definitely been not snacking as much and not drinking as much and definitely been more in beach bod ready, but I mean, it's okay. Um, and that's the thing too, is I was really, that's okay, but that's also okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I was really upset with myself at the beginning of quarantine because I think since I did go out every single weekend and I drank every single weekend and I ate every single weekend, I didn't have like a a limit. Cause I said to myself, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to live this up. I'm going to live up my time. Yeah. It was happy weight. I put on quote unquote happy weight and I'm okay I with it. I love that. I'm okay with it. I love that. Yeah. I'm, you know, like it, I was, I was going out with my friends. I was living, like, I wasn't like, Oh, I can't eat this loaded nachos, you know, at dinner tonight. Cause I'm about to drink all these, you know, I don't know. Like I, I was just wanting to experience everything and have it all at once and so this is a really good time for me to work on myself is and get back in shape and mentally too like it was really hard the beginning of quarantine because of course all I wanted to do was call him yeah and but I've been having ways and like little little 
tips and tricks that I've been doing to make myself not, I've not spoken to him since the day we broke up. Wow. That's good. Not one one time. So like you have him blocked on everything or is that just you being super strong? Because I feel like you can't even, I feel like if you see the name, if you see the text, it's so easy to just respond. So yeah. What are your little tips and tricks? I have his number in my phone still, Okay. but I have a friend uh, that changed his name to don't text him, which makes me every time I even type it in is like, why would I text him? Right. So, and it's, it's so silly, but that's what it is. And he's blocked on all social media um, just because, you know, I don't really want him to see what I'm doing. Like, I don't need him to see what I'm doing. And um, I don't really want to see him either just because it's going to suck. Yeah. I don't want to see any of that. So, um, and you're right. Like even seeing the name, like I think what at first when we first started when it was like a couple months into the breakup and a friend would like update me or like when he DM'd those girls and teammates, even just hearing his name and like hearing him do that, like I was done for, for the day. Like I was just like, wanted to do nothing, not speak to anyone, just kind of like hide away in my room. Um, but yeah, I think the blocking really helps. Um, I removed, and some people might say this is petty, and I always said to him, even when we were, were dating, like, I would never delete stuff of you and I, but it was honestly very therapeutic. Like, I deleted almost every picture of him and I um, off of Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Instagram, I archived them, because I was like, well, what if we get back together? So, you know, <laughs> you know but they're still they're there. They're still not up, and you can't see them, which I think is the biggest part of that, Yeah. And then eventually that next step after that was I then went through my personal pictures, which really hurt doing, but I deleted those too, Mm -hmm. because what I would do is, is I would be sad. And because I live alone, I would just go down that war path of finding all these things or like little things that would remind me of him. So I one day just went through, I have Google photos too, luckily, and I just deleted the entire album of him. Yeah. And that helped. That was like a purging. Um, another thing that really helps is I journal. I need, like I journal a lot and um, that really helped too. So the night that him and I broke up, I was talking to a friend and she was like, you have all this to say. Why don't you just write a letter to him? And I know that's so like cliche and basic, but I did. No, but like and- get all those feelings out. I totally get that. Yeah. And I did. And so each time I now feel something like that, I write it. And then every time I want to text it, like I have in my phone on my notes, I will text a full on like message that I want to send to him, but leave it in my notes. Yep. And then like, I'll reread it. And then I'll just feel like so much better after just typing it. Cause I'm like, why, I have no, why do I need Got to it out of your system and never yeah. have to go to him? Yeah. I love that. So that's what I do. I, I either type it in a note, I write it in my journal. Um, I was reading a lot um, about like some books. Um, I just got a new, the Modern Breakup book. I haven't read that fully yet, but it's really, really good. It has awesome tips in there. Um, but my biggest thing is say yes to everything. Like don't say no. Like, even if you don't feel like it, and like, especially at the beginning of our breakup when I was like really sad and not wanting to do anything, I just said yes. Cause then if I said yes, I was holding myself accountable to like going out with my friends or going out with my family or doing something. So that way I wasn't by myself alone, thinking about it, upset. 
wanting to call him, wanting to text him. Like I was constantly busy. I feel like saying yes to things and doing whatever that is, you don't really come home and say like, wow, I wish I never did that. Like I regret that. You never like come back home and like wish you didn't say yes. You always come home and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I said yes. That was such a good time, whatever it was. And I feel like, yeah, saying no, what, you're just going to stay inside and sulk and like not make your, and like make yourself sad. Yeah. I love start saying yes. I need to start saying yes. Well, I can't really say yes to things right now, but like right. saying yes is like, I, I started doing that like my senior year. I tried to really do that because I was like trying to find this balance with everything and I never regretted saying yes. Yeah. Cause then like, even if you were like, oh man, I sometimes I wish that it wouldn't played out, but what it's better than sitting in your room doing the same thing that you do every single day. Exactly. And I think also too, um, what really helped me was I also set restrictions on my phone. Cause then what I would do is see all these like couples, you know, like on Instagram or Facebook. And mm-hmm. if I spent a lot of time on, on there, like I, I started limiting my, um, phone usage too. Like I started doing like two hours a day on like an app. Oh, good. Yeah. And that was really, ha- like, that was really helpful too. Cause then it was less time on my phone and then more time spending. For you. With- yeah. yeah. Or me. Yeah. So, and that was really helpful too. And then also like, um, while we were dating, like I, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a Catholic home and like we're Christian, you know, and I didn't really go to church as much either. And I started getting back into like more faith and doing things like that too. Like I don't have, like, I'm more of a spiritual person than religious, but like I was more doing things like I was praying. I was like starting to read the Bible. So like I was yeah. filling myself with other things because I felt like, I'm not saying he took that from me, but like we didn't ever, that wasn't a thing in our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are some, I guess, what are some advice you would have for someone and that's maybe, and this is the thing with like relationships like this. Um, you don't really know that you're in a relationship that's like maybe emotionally abusive or manipulative or whatever it may be. You don't really like know that you're in it mm-hmm. until you're out of it, which is kind of what you said too. So like, what is something that you would tell maybe someone that doesn't really know that they're in it, or maybe they know that they're in it. What would you tell them? What's some advice you would give you when you're in that situation, you feel like, you know, you don't know that you're in it. Cause like I said before, I didn't know I was in it and I thought everything was great. I think it's when you realize that you're not an individual anymore and you can't do your own things, um, without asking your, your partner, you know, it's not like you're married. We're not, It's like a permission thing. Like there should never really be like, you should never really be asking permission. Yes. I feel like I would be in trouble. Like I'd be like in trouble if I went and did this without saying anything. Right. Yeah. And so, um, my biggest thing would be, and my biggest takeaway or advice would be when you feel like you are not independent anymore and you don't have your own way of doing things or, you know, you want to do it and you have to ask your partner, like you said, for permission a relationship is two people. It's not one, but you should be able to be your own person in that relationship. And Mm -hmm. it's not like you're the same person. You need to have independence. And that's what makes a relationship great is when you are able to be two separate people, but in one relationship. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with that. Were any of your friends, sorry to like go back, I guess, but were any of your friends, um, Cause I know sometimes friends are like, I don't want to butt in. It's her relationship. 
but other friends are very much the opposite where they're like what the hell are you doing were any of your friends like coming to you about him or were they kind of just trying to stay out of it because it's like your relationship not their problem so yes and no with that so basically we all grew up like we quote-unquote grew up through college together like there wasn't a time where they didn't know him in college you know like we we all were friends yeah at the same time like he was my friend's friends too like we just started dating you know the only they probably didn't know any different really with you two right right and I and I eventually though started to censor and that's another thing too that's another thing if you feel like you can't talk to your friends about every little not every you don't have to talk to them about every little thing but if you're like hmm let me leave this out because I don't want them to get upset with me about this or have a different opinion about him yes Mm -hmm. then that's an issue um so I eventually started to leave things out with them with stuff like that but like when it became issues especially with like the dms and texts from other girls um that he was sending to them it's not their fault it's him So we just covered a ton of stuff. Um, Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, Hopefully like other people can benefit from it. I think a lot of people will be able to benefit from it and maybe hear your story and like be like, oh my gosh, and maybe that'll resonate with them. But what are you doing now? Like, what do you see for yourself in the future? And like, what are you doing now to like better yourself and like grow during this time, I guess? Being with friends as much as possible, talking to people as much as possible, keeping myself busy, um, trying new things. Like I randomly am all of a sudden starting to play tennis. I don't know why, but just doing yeah. things like that, new interests, uh, cooking more, um, just trying to live in the moment and not focus on the future. I think that's another huge thing too, is don't focus on where the relationship needs to get to. Like focus the, in the moment, is this the right thing going on? Because I put a lot of pressure on myself with this is who I'm going to end up with and I need to make everything right. And so I think focusing in general on your life, this is just quote unquote in general life advice, just focus the day by day. It sounds so basic and simple, but just focus yeah. on every day and, and be present and not think so far ahead. Yeah. I think, yeah. Focus on what's happening now. Focus on what's going on today. And I mean, I mean, this phrase is like, everyone says this, but like you make a plan and God laughs. Yes. It's not really a point. I mean, to an extent, you can have like a vision of like what you want in life and like strive for that. Right. And I would never, like, I don't regret dating at all. I think it taught me so much and like I grew so much. And I think that, you know, it was a lot more positive than negatives. You know, I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about um, how I want to be treated in the future, how I, how I deserve to be treated. And of course the negatives were how uh, unfortunately things ended up, but I now know what I deserve and I know my worth and I now know, um, what I want. And so I think that there's always more good than bad. And I think that that is kind of where I'm at now and where my head's at is I learned so much from it that I don't regret it. I think that's such a mature and like positive way of looking at it because you could sit here and say like, 
I wish those four years never happened to me. Like, why is this happening to me? I didn't deserve that. And you didn't by any means deserve it. But Mm -hmm. to look at, look back and say like, well, I learned so much from it. Now I know what I want. I know what I don't want. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there are lessons that you learned in that relationship that now you can take throughout life or you could take to your next relationship. I think that's so big of you to, to like have that mentality and you deserve the world. You deserve, I hope you find somebody like, whether it be like soon or whenever, but like someone that actually like treats you right. Yeah. So I'm excited for, to see where you go, you know? Thanks. I know you too. I'm so excited. It's so cool that all this is happening. My, my plan is after my girl's trip, I went to, when I went to Charleston in February, I absolutely fell in love with it. It's the first place where I felt like this is where I belong. And so my plan is by 2022 to hopefully be in Charleston. That's all. I love Charleston. What a beautiful place too. I know. And I'm hoping to find my, my Southern man there. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up tonight. Thank you for coming on. I'm so glad we could finally get together. We tried so many times and even though it's through zoom, it still counts. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of so, course. Awesome. We'll have to get together when all this ends and we'll go have a girls night and We'll hit up some bars, maybe not in Winchester, maybe somewhere else. But DC <laughs> would beat the move. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. Well, that is about it. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow Girl We Gotta Talk podcast on Instagram. That's where I post a bunch of updates and fun stuff um, on there. So give that a follow. But yeah, that is all for tonight's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.